You're listening to the Cyberwire Network, powered by N2K. The IT world used to be simpler. You only had to secure and manage environments that you controlled. Then came new technologies and new ways to work. Now, employees, apps, and networks are everywhere. This means poor visibility, security gaps, and added risk. That's why Cloudflare created the first-ever connectivity cloud. Visit cloudflare.com to protect your business everywhere you do business. Terabit per second DDoS may become the new normal. The real threat in the IoT? A hint? Security cameras are to the Internet what squirrels are to the power grid. InfoArmor looks into the Yahoo breach and finds more crooks than spies, but the crooks may be fencing data to the spies. Toxic data, sock puppets, security questions, and even Major League Baseball. I'm Dave Bittner in Baltimore with your CyberWire summary for Thursday, September 29, 2016. The very large distributed denial-of-service attack sustained by investigative journalism site Krebs on Security and French hosting service OVH seem to have abated, but they've shaken confidence in Internet users' ability to ride out such attacks. When these DDoS attacks are described as very large, that's perhaps an understatement. Krebs on Security received 620 gigabits per second of attack traffic, which dwarfed what DDoS mitigation specialists at Akamai believe was the former record, set in June 2015. That was 363 gigabits per second. But the OVH attack makes what Krebs on Security suffered look puny. OVH says it was hit with 1.1 terabits per second. Both attacks were conducted through Internet of Things botnets, which is itself very troubling. Many of the devices herded into the botnets were routers and security cameras. Ars Technica says that 145,000 cameras were involved in the attack against OVH. That such devices can be exploited isn't news, nor is it surprising. Security arrived relatively late to the IoT design party, and many of the devices themselves are computationally impoverished, difficult to patch, owned by poorly resourced users, and themselves near, at, or beyond their own end of life, and thus often unpatchable, even if the users were willing and able to do so. Consider security cameras. We still tend to call them closed-circuit, but that hasn't been true for a long time. They're networked. And many of them are securing mom-and-pop businesses. And remember, mom-and-pop work hard, have low margins, no IT staff beyond maybe a kid or a grandkid, and probably can't quite recall how long ago they set that camera up. Mom-and-pop aren't negligent, stupid, or lazy, probably quite the opposite. But you've got to have reasonable expectations about their security awareness and, above all, about their resources. Akamai told Ars Technica that terabit-per-second attacks may become the new normal. There has been much sensationalist fear, uncertainty, and doubt talked up around the Internet of Things, much of it the beware your refrigerator may be out to kill you or your coffee pot may have murder in its semiconducting heart. But here's the real near-term issue. Poorly secured but well-networked IoT devices can be herded into DDoS botnets that can take down significant portions of the grid. There's an analogy here to vulnerabilities in other kinds of networks. We hear much, for example, of the risk that the electrical power grid could be hacked. 
and the disparate nature of the power grid, which we've heard people from NERC describe as a hodgepodge, and they mean that in a good, resilient way. A hodgepodge is difficult to take down across a country or a continent. So an ice storm, a failed transformer, or even a misplaced squirrel or snake won't take out a continental grid. But storms, squirrels, and snakes can still have major local or even regional effect. So can attackers. The other network people in the United States at any rate are worrying about is the network, or more properly networks, used to conduct voting. This one really is too disparate to count as a single grid or anything remotely resembling a system of systems. It's a mix of online, air-gapped electric, and manual systems, all run by each of the 50 states. The FBI has warned Congress this week that there may have been more, presumably Russian, attempts to access state voter registration databases. The FBI is also investigating an apparent Russian attempt on Democratic Party politicians' phones. Thomas Poor of Plixer commented to the CyberWire that we need to remember how much we've come to depend upon our phones for our connection to work. Campaign staffers and party officials are no different, he observed. Embarrassing leaks are one thing, but there is even more sensitive information on the phones than that. Quote, phones of staffers also contain real-time information sources such as GPS coordinates, microphones, and cameras for surveillance opportunities. End quote. Content delivery networks are an effective way of increasing the performance of your website, but they're not without risks. We checked in with Farah Madvituna from NetSparker about the security of CDNs and protecting them with sub-resource integrity checks. CDN, as a concept, became quite popular recently. We had uh, Amazon kind of delivery networks, and we have so many other delivery networks. People use them either for performance or just simply you know, include a JavaScript uh, from a well-known content delivery network to hope that uh, their visitors have that content in their cache and therefore their website will be faster. So what are some of the security issues when it comes to content delivery networks? The problem with content delivery network, you effectively trust a third party. We talk about vulnerabilities such as cross-site scripting. When an attacker can execute JavaScript on your website, that effectively means when you trust a third party to deliver your JavaScript, you completely trust it. Because if this third party by themselves or if they got hacked and changed the content of this file, they can start executing JavaScript on your website. And that means they now there is a cross-site scripting. And even though your website is completely secure, you have done everything in your power. You get pen tested. You have done everything. But because your content delivery network got hacked, you get hacked automatically. And the nature of these trust relationships obviously also makes content delivery networks is a prime target for attackers. Because if you can hack a content delivery network, now you hack thousands of websites by design, you know, you, 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 you control here, you can put something in there and it will get executed in thousands of websites. So describe to me what is uh, sub-resource integrity, SRI? So sub-resource integrity, so the way it works, it's supported on the browsers, so it's a client-side protection. So with sub-resource integrity, while including a reference such as a JavaScript file, such as a jQuery library, you say, okay, here is the content of this library. Here is the hash of it, which is like a signature of this file. 
And if any part of it, if, even if it's one character of that content is changed, that signature will be changed. So, so you create that signature by hashing it. And then in your website, you say, okay, get jQuery library from this content delivery network. And the signature must be this. Now, when your browser calls that JavaScript library, it checks the signature. If the signature of that file doesn't match to what you are expecting, what you are declaring while calling that file, browser will not load that file. But by doing so, by providing this signature, you will make your website secure against this threat. That's Farah Mavituna from NetSparker. InfoArmor has published an extensive report on the Yahoo breach. They conclude that two distinct criminal hacking groups were involved, along with a third black market reseller. The groups that stole the data, InfoArmor says, sold them at least three times, once to a state-sponsored actor. It's worth noting that state-sponsored can include a wide variety of groups in addition to government agencies and services themselves. Sympathizers, activists, terrorist organizations, crime syndicates, and an array of hired guns can all, under the right circumstances, legitimately be considered state-sponsored. Thus, criminal and state-sponsored are far from mutually exclusive, and states are using more fronts and cutouts in cyberspace in an updated form of traditional information operations and espionage tradecraft. Finally, we turn to one more lesson being drawn from the Yahoo breach. If an organization can avoid collecting names, addresses, mother's maiden names, first pets, the middle school you attended, the name of your favorite baseball player when you were a kid, that would be all the good. Observing the way security questions were compromised in the Yahoo breach, Wired suggests it's time to start telling lies. So we recommend that our editor change his answer from Wad Swoboda to Ed Cranepool. As any old Mets fan would know, both Cranepool and Swoboda were amazing. Besides, probably marvelous Marv Throneberry is already taken. So as the Major League Baseball wildcard race comes down to the wire, we'll just say, let's go Mets. But even more so, how about demos, hon? We're predicting a rematch of 1969. And now, a word from our sponsor, Zscaler, the leader in cloud security. Cyber attackers are using AI in creative ways to compromise users and breach organizations. In a security landscape where you must fight AI with AI, the best AI protection comes from having the best data. Zscaler has extended its zero-trust architecture with powerful AI engines that are trained and tuned by 500 trillion daily signals. Learn more about Zscaler Zero Trust plus AI to prevent ransomware and AI attacks. Experience your world secured. Visit zscaler.com slash zero trust AI. Are lengthy security reviews pulling attention away from your security program? With the largest network of trust centers, Vanta can help you streamline security reviews to win customer trust, save time, and close deals fast. Proactively demonstrate security by showcasing key resources like your SOC 2 or ISO 27001 and provide real-time evidence for passing controls. And when a security questionnaire is required, Vanta takes the first pass for you. 
Visit vanta.com slash cyber to take a self-serve tour. That's vanta.com slash cyber. And I'm joined once again by Dr. Charles Clancy. He's the director of the Hume Center for National Security and Technology at Virginia Tech. Uh, Dr. Clancy, I know an area of research for you is software-defined networking. We're talking about that. What do we mean? Software-defined networking is uh, a relatively new concept. Uh, It's sort of come out over the last five years. Uh, But it's this notion of decoupling the control plane of a network from the data plane of a network. So right now, in a typical enterprise network, and even in the core of the Internet itself, you have uh, things like routing uh, packets that are commingled with user traffic. And uh, this has created sort of a fundamental property of of the Internet and networks that we know today. Uh, Software-defined networking decouples these two and creates a separate control plane uh, isolated from the data plane, which allows the uh, control plane to actually reconfigure the data plane because it's no longer dependent upon it. Uh, This enables uh, a lot of different applications, such as uh, load balancing and traffic engineering, uh, but also fundamental changes in the network topology as a function of real-time traffic that's been observed. Um, so lots of exciting things going on in this community. Uh, one particular protocol, OpenFlow, is most commonly associated with software-defined networking uh, and is generally being embraced as at least one standard in, in this emerging ecosystem. And so what are some of the security opportunities and challenges that we'll face with this technology? Well, first, I'll, I'll talk about the opportunities. Um, by being able to rapidly reconfigure the data plane of your network, uh, there's lots of opportunity for new active defense countermeasures in uh, both enterprise networks and core Internet itself. Uh, so this gets to this notion of moving target defense, where the, the topology of the network and the structure of the network can be constantly changing. Uh, so, for example, you may be able to more quickly react to attacks. Uh, you may be able to identify a particular distributed denial-of-service attack that's uh, attacking your network and reconfigure your network to block that traffic at the source rather than at the edge, at the destination. Um, or you may be able to identify uh, botnets at scale and be able to block command and control channels for botnets. Uh, so it gives you one more tool uh, in terms of building an active network defense. Um, on the downside, though, uh, obviously there are new protocols being uh, developed. Uh, this control plane is um, there's not really best practices around how to protect the control plane. Um, in particular, the OpenFlow standard itself. Uh, the original standard had uh, TLS as required for security, uh, but the newer versions have made TLS optional, uh, which makes it easier to deploy and, and easier to provision, uh, but at the expense of, of potential security. So, so far, I haven't haven't seen any major intrusions into OpenFlow networks, but uh, if you're able to get access to uh, the OpenFlow controller, then you really have the crown jewels of the network at that point, uh, because that's where all the control for the entire network is happening. All right, Dr. Charles Clancy, thanks for joining us. Struggling to secure on-prem apps with modern identity? Don't worry, you're not alone. Join industry leaders from Fortune 500 organizations to secure your apps on any cloud with any IDP, regardless of your environment's complexity. Meet Strata's identity orchestration platform, Mavericks. Say goodbye to the headaches of app refactoring and legacy tech debt. With identity orchestration, you can modernize legacy apps to use MFA or passwordless authentication in a few weeks, migrate from one IDP to another, and so much more without changing the app. No matter your IAM use case, Strata extends the value of your current identity investments. And the best part? 
You can try it for free today. Visit strata.io slash cyberwire to share your biggest identity challenge, and they'll hook you up with a complimentary pair of AirPods Pro. Don't miss out. Visit strata.io slash cyberwire. That's strata.io slash cyberwire. And that's the Cyberwire. We are proudly produced in Maryland by our talented team of editors and producers. I'm Dave Bittner. Thanks for listening. Hey all, Rick here. At N2K Cyberwire, we're dedicated to continuously improving the quality of the news and commentary on our network. That's why we're inviting you to participate in our 2024 audience survey. It only takes a few minutes, and your feedback is invaluable. Plus, you'll have the chance to win a $100 Amazon gift card as a thank you for your time. Head on over to cyberwire.com survey. That's cyberwire.com survey to share your feedback now.